All right, let's get into our Africa Unlock segment. And today we're focusing on um, the regional economic blocks that we have on the continent. Uh, we know that we have at least eight of these uh, economic regional blocks. Are they effective in, in their mandate of really trying to uh, improve and promote trade within uh, the continent? Let me invite onto the show Isaac Homo, who is an African affairs analyst. Dade Homo, good morning to you. Thanks for your time today. Morning, 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 morning. And morning to our listeners too. When we look at these... Uh, eight regional blocks, uh, economic blocks that we have on the continent. Often we find that some countries are members of more than just one block. And the question is about whether or not this then impedes the economic development that we are seeing on the continent. (laughs) Well, that's a very good question, but... um Basically, you've got to go to the history of how these blocks were formed. Uh, basically, most of them were not formed as economic blocks. Uh, if we go to our economic blocks, we had our economic blocks, which never worked, things like Comesa and others. We had the North African. But then uh, these uh, regional blocks, they actually came to solve matters which were more uh, political, uh, I would say, uh, more of governance to try to come and uh, synchronize relationships between the different areas. A typical example which we could actually give, the best example would be the IGAD. Yeah, the IGAD was a theme of uh, states. We were trying to solve a consistent problem with that area, the Horn of Africa, which was basically searching for peace and stability, be it in, uh, southern, in, in Sudan, southern Sudan, Sudan and South Sudan, be it in uh, maybe Ethiopia, of course, the biggest problem, Somalia, uh, Eritrea, and a lot. <clears throat> and then also you have others like ECOWAS. ECOWAS, when it was formed, basically, it was actually trying to do the time when they're trying to solve the problems in Liberia. You remember that the biggest um, activity of ECOWAS was peacekeeping, you know, where they were sending uh, troops to come and uh, put the two sides into a fighting world of Charles Taylor and other rebels apart. So that's where this whole thing of regional blocks actually grew up. And as things went on, you find that this when peace was being maintained in the different areas and other ideas came with the challenges which Africa is facing as far as um, economic challenges, where people say that Africa basically has got to be trading amongst itself. That's where the economic aspect uh, sort of filtered into all these blocks. When, so, yeah, mm. Sorry, go on, go on, sorry. Yeah, so that's why you find that uh, now the most important thing is the economic issue. Now, you find that there are countries which have got interest in two blocks. Uh, I'll give a very simple country, uh, a very long-standing country. I'll take Tanzania. Uh, Tanzania is a member of uh, SADAC, and Tanzania at the same time is a member of the East African bloc. Now, with the SADAC relationship, it goes to the frontline states, the pre 
uh, South African or the pre-Zimbabwean, um, uh, uh, Zimbabwean, uh, the genesis of Zimbabwe, may I say, yeah, where that uh, it was a frontline thing and it was a side up where they were trying to come and allay the problems of sanctions against South Africa and the things like that, and also peace finding. Yeah, with the South African, Zimbabwean, South African, Namibian independence, it became a solid block. Yeah. But then Tanzania, at the same time, it had a relationship with the other East African countries, which were more economic. Yeah. So that when they formed the East African Commission, it also went back to the East African Commission. So it found itself in these two blocks. Now, the two blocks, these are the East African Commissioners actually established specifically for economic reasons, yeah, unlike where the SADA comes from. So there's... But that's not a big deal, because uh, SADAC itself, we can talk about that later, it has been lagging behind in actually transforming itself from that regional political uh, governance issue to being a real economic issue, as been done by other regional blocs. I'm talking about that East African Commission, I'm also talking about ECOWAS, but we can talk about that later. Mm. When when we look at um, many of these regional blocs, they emphasize, of course, the need for regional integration. And I think the example that you've given around Tanzania is, is an important one. And when we talk about regional integration, free movement is one of the main conversations that has really been at the forefront of also improving trade, firstly within regions and then overall as as a continent. And, and it's something that the African Union has also been propagating. But at the same time, you're facing all of these internal issues within countries of migration. Let's talk about how that is 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 being managed because you know many of these blocks have have also now had to become preoccupied with questions of of migration and also the movement of of labor within the continent mm-hmm. and and how that is is managed. Yeah, yeah, you see now there we have jumped to the economic integration. Uh, and when you jump into economic integration, you actually jump, jumped into trade. But at the same time, when you jump into trade, you should not forget that you've, there's, a very, there's a very, very invisible aspect or component of all that integration that is uh, uh, in, uh, in, uh, that is the finance. I mean, finance has also got to have a free way of getting in and getting out. Now, with that, there's this other thing which is also called labor. You know, it's like, uh, let's forget about the African situation. Now we've got into the African common market. But let's look at the, 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 the globalized world. With the globalized world, the most important thing is the free market, you know, uh, economic policies is this that capital has got to have a free way of moving from one country to another country it should not be impeded it can get in there invest and then move out yeah so people are saying that if capital can come from uh, let's say the USA and it goes to Central America 
Yeah, and when it gets to Central America, it does whatever it is. Yeah, and that place becomes a place where there is labor. But once you see the thing is not okay, the capital moves out and goes back to, uh, let's say, Mexico. Now, the people in Central America, they are going to be basically jobless. So just like capital, they've got to go to where uh, work is available, and work will be available where capital went. So you cannot just have a globalized world or a globalized system where capital can move from one area to another area. Trading goods can come from one area to another area, where certain areas they're actually establishing a manufacturing uh, center or manufacturing hub, which with those goods coming to these other areas which are looked upon as markets. Yet the people in the markets, they are jobless because the manufacturing areas, are, the work is somewhere else. They should also have a right to go to where the work is when everything gets globalized. Now, these are some of the things which have got to be solved, whereby you find that uh, it's not just a matter of a globalized market. There's also got to be a globalized, yeah, uh, trading areas and manufacturing areas. Mm. So these are certain aspects which have got to be solved. And of course, they're also the areas that um, are, are most contentious if you look at some parts of the continent, including uh, just where we are in, in the SADC region. And we'll discuss this further in a moment. I'm talking to Isaac Homo. He is an African affairs analyst. We're looking at the regional economic blocks that exist on the continent and the role in which they play in actually improving um, this is economic integration. And are we finding that they're actually hampering it more than improving the state of affairs? For now, it's 11.30. Let me take you to the latest news headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, we continue the conversation on the Talking Point. So, Ndatakomo, you know, this, this, um, this question of the movement of capital and the fact that if capital can move, then so should labor is at the heart of um, questions of how matters of migration need to be dealt with. Do you think that there has been a clear enough blueprint? And I don't know if this would need to come from the African Union on what the collective response or approach by the member countries will be to this question of um, the movement of labor across the continent? Mm. Well, that's a very interesting question. But right now we cannot talk uh, specifically or with, in specifics with the uh, movement of labor on the African continent. But you, can, you should actually see, ref, uh, reflect it, or look at the, 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 that force when it comes to the global issue. Yeah. Because what is ha- going to happen is happening in Africa is actually what is happening in the global situation. Now, <clears throat> when you come to the global situation, to really understand what really or the contradiction is, you've got to actually, I would like to go to a statement which was given by Xi Jinping yeah, when he was around here, when they had the, uh, was it the, I think it was the, it, 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 when he came down here, and then uh, he actually talked about a thing that we should not actually look at a globalized market. We should look at a globalized trade. Yeah? But when you talk of a globalized trade, you're actually talking about 
uh, decentralization of production, of manufacturing, yeah, whereby each and every place should not just be looked at a dumping place for somebody's industrial uh, uh, or, or manufacturing sector, but is this that you should spread the manufacturing capabilities equally to all areas so that one area where it, where it has got a strong point, it should actually develop its manufacturing center and be able to trade with another person. Now, that is globalized trade. Now, that is where, that's the ideal situation that needs to be arrived at. And I think in Africa, we are a bit lucky that uh, we have not actually got those established um, uh, centers or hubs of manufacturing. We should actually plan to get to that uh, format of, of form of, uh, of, 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 of globalization, whereby the first thing that you've got to see is this, that you've got to have manufacturing sectors which are going to come up in the different parts of the country, of the, of the, of the continent. And I think the best way is that is to start in a small way. And the small way is actually within the regional issues. And again, in the regional issues, there should be um, real serious issues of actually spreading the manufacturing capabilities within the region, a thing which has not started. Now, without that, we are going to get into problems of actually having certain hubs, yeah, which are concentrated maybe in South Africa. And when it comes to South Africa, it's not only in South Africa, it is in the uh, the Johannesburg area, of course, the Johannesburg area, it actually represents over 50% to 60% of Africa's um, uh, industrial uh, output, yeah? But it has got to be spread into other countries, yeah, in neighboring countries. They are supposed to come up and develop their manufacturing capabilities. And that's a challenge, but that's a challenge which I think the people who are structuring the African common markets are aware of, and I think that's the thing that they are actually sort of tackling right now. All right. Uh, Thanks for that. Let me quickly take uh, Fumani in in Pretoria North who wants to contribute to this conversation. Fumani, good morning. Morning, and thank you. I just want to add, uh, because sometimes... uh, when you go to the origin, the Organization for African Unity was formed in 1963 to unite the continent. Some of the countries were not free then. So they realized the seriousness or, or challenge of uniting this continent as desperate as it was with liberation movements and so on. So they decided to form the regions, and I think it's important to stress that. They formed the region, and the motivation was, as we say, to eat an elephant, <laughs> you chew it bit by bit. I think that was a very clever move. So East Africa, West Africa, Southern Africa, and the Maghreb, as it's called, the Arab North. Um, so these regions were formed to foster liberation, everything. So what's the basis of their formation? So when Tanzania belonged to two of those 
OAU, which is now, it is not uh, really involved the citizens to change to AU. I don't know why it was necessary, but that's the reality. The OAU is now the African Union. Inherited uh, those things. Finally, unlike us in, on this continent, especially the richer countries, like our South Africa, which should form the leadership. When we look at the rest of the regions and African countries, there is information that states you develop status, developing status, and that shows you the economic realities, both wealth and industrialization levels. Because if you don't do that, we talk of these countries as an amorphous group, we will never understand. All right. So that is my contribution. Uh, th- thanks for that contribution uh, for money out in Pretoria. So, you know, in Dajahom, the one thing that we see is that despite the existence of, of these blocks, and as Fumani is emphasizing, you know, what they were originally formed for versus how they may have evolved over the years, is that you still find that countries are doing less trade with each other, even within the regions than they are with other parts of the world. Okay, it, it looks like we've lost Isaac Homo on the line there. We're going to try and redial him, get him back up on the line. Uh, let's take a quick break. On SAFM. All right, we're getting ready to wrap up our Africa Unlocked segment. And uh, Isaac Homo, he is an African affairs analyst on the line. And uh, Dede Homo, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Uh, Could you just repeat your last uh, comment and question? Yes. So so I was saying that, you know, just building on on what Fumani is saying is that despite um, the the existence of these regional blocks and entities, we find that often they're still doing less trade with each other than with other parts of the world. Yeah, it is true. I mean, to say that... uh, (laughs) When you want to say you have got to do trade with yourselves, amongst yourselves, it's not a thing that is, it's not, it cannot take place just because you've taken a decision. Yeah, you know, you find that these countries, African countries, when they woke up to being countries, they were tied to a colonial uh, relationship. And a colonial relationship, it is not an issue, it's an issue, sorry, I should, I should be specific. Colonialism is an issue of actually um, of economic domination, uh, you find that the French countries they were formed to actually provide um, uh, raw materials and to trade and to be markets of the French countries, and that's how they found themselves. South Africa finds itself tied to the British and other countries, but basically to the British, yeah. And the so-called the British, uh, what do you call it, the ex-British colonies. Now, to come and trade amongst yourselves, it's a process, yeah? And one key among the whole thing is also the economic issues. I'm not sorry. It's the communication issues. You've got to have the, the infrastructure, uh, communication infrastructure, rails and issues like that. So, basically, it is a process. And that process, it will take time. But it is coming on, Yeah. And um, one of the most important things that have got to happen is this, that we've got to straighten out our own uh, uh, legislations and uh, tariffs and issues like that. We've got to have a common market. Yeah. 
It's just like the British and the, the European common market. The European common market did not actually take place as you see today. Yeah, it came from the economy, uh, the the EEC, the European common common market mm. between three countries. Yeah, in the days when Britain Britain was not part of it, uh, Macmillan tried to join the French De Gaulle, but it off. It was a French, Italian, German. Yeah, at this time it developed to be what it is today. So you just do not wake up and want to say I want to do this, and the thing will actually take place. It is a process, and that's a process that Africa has got to go through. Do you do you think that um, the, the issues that are stemming out of the different challenges pre- prevent, presented by migration will change the way in which these conversations are being had within these regional blocks? Well... I think we are concentrating on migration, and basically that is not the most important thing. You know. The most important thing is actually to having the trading issue you sorted out. Mm. In fact, if we are going to have the trading issue sorted out, yeah, which will actually give, uh, which will be an impetus to manufacturing rising up, I mean, being formed in other countries, like, I mean, when you have a common market, you will find that South Africa will, op- will be open to, say, Malawian, um, Malawian textile uh, produce or um, other agricultural produce, yeah? For, I'm talking about the regional, the Sadat region, uh, agricultural produce from, let's say, Malawi, Tanzania, coming into South Africa, which at the present moment they cannot come in. You'll find that once manufacturing is actually sort of uh, established in those countries, that flow of people here to South Africa to find to look for work will be less. And those are the issues that people have got to look into and actually drive ourselves to. Uh, the Sadat area has been the least integrated as far as uh, trade is concerned. Yeah. I mean to say that uh, the South African, being the biggest market, they've got a lot of uh, non-tariff barriers to, say, uh, products. Fortunately, that line continues to uh, give us some uh, challenges. Uh, <laughs> but basically, South Africans can benefit from very high-quality tropical foods like mangoes and pineapples, bananas, from the other side of countries. But these are not being allowed to come into South Africa. Mm. Now, these are issues which need to be solved to actually solve this thing of migration. The yeah. migration is there, but it's not actually it's not the end all. Yeah, It's not the end all. We have got to get those economies in the individual countries started. All right. Yeah, you've got to get manufacturing in those countries started to forestall the coming that only South Africa is the only place which has got a manufacturing base or being a manufacturing hub. Now, that is where the challenges come. Isaac we'll have to leave it there for this morning. Uh, Africa Affairs Analyst there. And I do apologize for the poor connection, quality of audio to him towards the end of that interview.